0: Savon Coco episode five. Listen, let me tell you something about this episode. Today we learn how to be a good player, and not just a good player, a great player. And we learn from a very great player. So you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but you went to high school here, right? At, at market High.
1: Yeah, I went to a uh, high school for. Um... Grade eleven, halfway through grade eleven, I transferred to. Uh, I started grade twelve, and then I did a lot of here so I had a lot of there as well. Nice man. I go to Cardinal Party, also like right up the street
0: in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I also wanted to talk a little bit then about the recruitment process, cause like a lot of pl- a lot of like people listening are players that are, you know, like players that are here from Aurora and uh, Newmarket that want to go yeah. play like college ball. And um, I think listening to your story would be helpful.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I can give you a, a little bit of a breakdown because it is a little bit of a unique uh, story when you break it down like that. Yeah. Um, so basically I'll start with high school. Um, Coming out of grade eight, I went to a high school called Middle High School and it was located in Markham. That's kind of where my family's from, where we live, so I went there for grade 9 and 10. I played uh, junior, had a decent, I ended up playing um, senior in my grade 10 year, so I played on the senior team. And then, in my grade 11 year, there was no team, like, no one there was looking back to school that year, so I ended up deciding to be to uh, Newmarket. I played um I played IEM, you probably know of IEM. Yeah, yeah.
0: Everyone played everyone from so, here played for IEM.
1: Exactly. So yeah. I ended up playing for um, IEM and I had a lot of friends and stuff that were in Newmarket. Market. My grandma lived at New Market in Newmarket at the time. So I thought it would be a good decision. With no basketball team here. I know some people there, good area, uh new fresh start and I kinda decided to go down to Newmarket and um, play there with those guys.
0: Yeah, so, um, so you moved, was there, so what was the process from like moving from Markham where, is that still in York Region basketball or were you guys playing with like Toronto teams and stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was York Region so we'd play teams like Brother Andre, um, Give me, you know those teams, teams like that so we'd be playing those teams and then like crossover games and maybe tournaments we'd probably play some teams from more north like Newmarket or Aurora those ends so
0: yeah so how did you feel like the do you feel like there was a difference in competition when you came here at Newmarket
1: um honestly it was relatively the same in York region I think it's relatively the same honestly there's really good basketball in Newmarket yeah always people that like it's really underrated I think there's a lot of hoopers that come from Newmarket you probably know a lot of older guys that play a lot of guys that, that can hoop and yeah. People. It's really great out there. So some, some guys like a hoop. I mean, it's a little bit of a different style, I guess, but they definitely know the game is watching uh, a lot of good structure. So.
0: So you're playing on New market. Um, you're playing at IEM for like rep and AU and stuff.
1: Yeah, I was playing for IEM. I was playing IEM house league, like starting from like grade four. My yeah. grandma's side. So I was playing their house league and then they started the rep teams and stuff when I was in grade five. And then I pretty much played there all the way up until I was done playing.
0: So you didn't play for any other, like, um, top AU team or anything down Toronto?
1: I I did play for Canada Elite for one summer. Yeah. You know, Canada Elite. Um, yeah, they're nice. They're known as now. They, uh, they're known as something else now, I guess. But
0: No, they're still the time, Canada playing... Elite.
1: Oh, they're still Canada Elite? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are still Canada Elite. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing for them for a bit and um, played for, like, two tournaments. And that was pretty much it. I didn't really do too much with the AU basketball, so that's kind of unique for a person in my position. Usually guys get yeah. that experience. I didn't get that experience and, which is a little bit unfortunate but that's how it goes sometimes.
0: Yeah, but still like you were, you managed to get a um, to go to play post-secondary um, So what was that recruitment process like um, coming from Newmarket?
1: um honestly it went really pretty well because um before new market before i moved there i wasn't really known like you know i wasn't i never played up a year you know a lot of guys 11 i didn't play grade 11. um i wasn't like the top player in my classes and stuff so when i came to new market there was actually a pretty solid team there they had guys i'm not sure if you you know michael chow oh
0: of course Um, yeah
1: yeah so everyone knows michael Chow. so i was there michael Chow was there my friend marcus
0: oh, of course marcus a couple yeah, back,
1: right. uh, Marcus was there too so uh guys when i was there they had a pretty solid team so when i was there it was like a perfect fit yeah and uh from there we we played in some good tournaments because they had a good season and they were a known team already so how yeah. my recruitment kind of started was we played in a tournament called the uh, pinky lewis tournament It was in uh, Hamilton. It was at McMaster University. And at the time back then, that was a pretty big tournament. Yeah. For like high school, uh, high school tournament. So when I started there, um, I guess I played really well. I I performed really well. So we ended up going to the finals of that term. We ended up losing to a really good team. And it kind of put a new market high on the map. And then obviously with that came with the exposure with me. So from there, I kind of got ranked in the top 50 players. In the country, from there, from that one tournament, and then, you know, there were some schools there, and then my recruitment kind of started from there.
0: Yeah. So, um, so what school did you first, uh, not sign to, but like, what was the first uh option that you wanted to go to for uh, university?
1: Honestly, yeah, my university thing was quite unique. Um, my grades weren't always the highest, so I had to yeah. uh, make sure I managed that with something. So. It was quite difficult, so. but I know I went on a lot of visits. I know I went to 12 when I was in grade 12. That was a yeah. good visit. I was really considering them, but, you know, they, they have a really high academic average, so I advise anyone that's thinking about university in Canada to make sure, you know, you're, you're focused on that academic piece too because that's definitely really important, and just having that alone will open up so many doors to you. So that's my advice to anyone yeah. coming up in elementary school, going into high school, major, you know. You can't escape that. You know, I was yeah. unfortunate enough to uh, s- s- get by, but, you know, it it, it eventually comes back to so. yourself.
0: Yeah, that's but something yeah, that's what I was cool. talking about. Last last podcast I did with uh, Johnny. Um, yeah. I don't know how to say his last name, but yeah. When you Yeah, him. Yeah. I
1: yeah, was bar. talking about
0: the same thing. Like, um, you need to you get your grades up if you want to. Like, even if you're a really talented basketball player, having good grades is, like, a good bonus, too.
1: Yeah, it's a really good bonus, man. Like, I'm a prime example. I'm a really good basketball player. I guess you could say I'm a really good basketball player. Yeah, uh, Yeah. And then I uh, appreciate that. But, yeah, and, you know, um, the great piece was for me, the academic piece I kind of struggled with. And it, and, it, and it came back and um, it definitely made things more difficult, makes your yeah. options a lot more small. You know, you have smaller options. You have a smaller pool to pick from. And, so that's my I, I, same thing, Johnny's saying. I would say the same thing. You know, grades is uh, something that's a major emphasis for sure. Yeah. So. so um, yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah. Moving forward, you're talking about the recruitment thing. So. Yeah. Um, I remember in my fifth year, it was they did this thing called the Battle Boards, which was like York Region would have a team, um. Waterloo region would have a team, Toronto region would have two different teams, Peel and et cetera, and they would play together at against each other at the uh, at Ryerson, so that was at the end of my fifth year, and me and Michael Chow, we were two guys that were from Newmarket. We were fortunate enough to get invited to that, so we ended up playing, and I think from there, that kind of started my recruitment um, to Ryerson, so yeah. playing there, being in front of the coach, obviously, um, she obviously heard about me, and then... At the same time, I had a coach named Ramy who I played with in, the you know, the CYBL league.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that in my last year of high school, it was the first year they started that. So I played there with him as my coach and he was actually an assistant coach at Ryerson as well at the time. Yeah. So from there, I went to a workout. Um, Roy Rana was the coach at the time. He liked my game and I ended up going to, uh, like, you know, signing with Ryerson, they had a yeah. program and stuff like that that was able to uh, allow me to be there and play and do those things at the same time. So that's kind of how I ended up at Ryerson.
0: Yeah. So I was actually reading up on your story. Yeah. Uh, um, I like Ryerson and playing. So how long did you stay at Ryerson before, um, you before you decided to make the switch to Laurier?
1: Yeah. So I think it was about a semester, uh, okay. halfway through the semester. Yeah, the first, the first semester, I think I was there till maybe October-ish, because I guess you start in summer, so we were there yeah. all summer, July, August, and so probably just halfway, just be, just before the season started.
0: Okay, so what was the, in that time that you were there, like, what do you think the biggest uh, difference was from being in high school and playing basketball to being now in a university level?
1: Honestly, I think the biggest thing was like the pace and um understanding the game. Yeah. I think like the spacing of the game, um the verbal, I think that's a big thing like the vocabulary they use. Everything has a, a name, every position on defense, those kind of things. Just yeah. the pace in general was a lot quicker, so I think if I were to organize it at list, obviously so the pace, uh the vocabulary, the intensity, and definitely yeah. the coaching, right? The, Coaching is a lot more intense, you know. You're not really, even if you're not coming from being the best player again yeah. on this team anymore. Not necessarily, you know, you're coming in. You're in a different spot, so you kind of have to learn from a different perspective and um, kind of make your mistakes and learn from them and grow and take as much in advice as you can from the guys that've been there and done that. So,
0: yeah. So you spent that first uh first semester in uh, Ryerson. Um, yeah. So then you moved to Laurier second semester?
1: Yeah, I end up going down. Um so to get into Laurier, I had to improve my grades. So yeah. that's what I did. I focused on some of my grades and stuff for that second semester. And then from there I went and I was at Laurier from the that summer.
0: So all the how do you feel like how do you feel like coming into Laurier like a new school and that being your second year of Uh, university like do you feel like even though you were new at the team do you feel like you still had like a a bit of an edge on all the other newcomers
1: um yeah I think I did for sure I think you know I had a sort of like you know what Ben Simmons had when he kind of was like not rookie but he got to experience that first year of kind of seeing things and being coached and seeing the intensity so yeah it definitely gave me a a different perspective on what was coming and how to play in that, in that kind of, um, intensity. So yeah, definitely gave me a little bit of an edge in that regards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. So now you move from, uh, um, is in Waterloo, right? Yeah. some Waterloo. So moving from, you know, Toronto to Waterloo, um, like being away from your family and, uh, away from the city. How is that? How is that like, uh, change for for you
1: honestly it's a it's a pretty big transition um i remember i didn't even like come back home to visit for a while because you kind of get stuck in your own world over there yeah Where it's a big transition um you go from having you know not as many responsibilities to kind of having mm-hmm. to have so many more responsibilities you know paying for rent school and you're kind of on your own so no one's babysitting you you know? but yeah it was definitely a, a good experience you know you, you learned a lot you kind of forced to make mistakes and grow up quick right so
0: yeah it
1: was definitely a a good experience being out there
0: yeah um so how long were you staying out with laurier for
1: i was there for two years
0: two years so in those two years like um what do you think changed as a player like you how do you think you developed as a player in those two years at laurier
1: i think i developed a lot um i think a lot of it was relaxing my game I was able to relax my game a lot more yeah um, I was able to actually learn how to watch film correctly I think that's a big thing that people don't know how to do before they yeah. come to university is watching film and breaking down film so I think that's pretty important um, so I think learning how to break down film was something that I actually still take with me until like now especially yeah. at Lori, coach was really good with film um, yeah
0: so I was actually when he said that, I was, um, I was thinking the same thing. Like it's kind of hard for me to, like I know that I can watch film and stuff, but um, can you give me like any advice and stuff on how to break it down and learn from it instead of just like watching it and taking it on in?
1: Yeah. So, I remember um, how a coach said it to me. I didn't really understand at the time. I was in grade ten, but a coach he coached Ken His name was Coach Skinner. He uh, he said something. We were watching like Miami Heat back in the days. He was watching. He's like. He's like, what do you watch, what, what do you look for when you watch the game? And I looked at him like, I don't really know, you know, like I'm just yeah. watching. He's like, yeah, you're just watching, aren't you? Right? So he's like, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so you see how on with when the ball is not there, you're not seeing what's happening on the weak side. You're not seeing what's happening off the ball. You're not seeing how this movement over here causing this thing. On. I'm like, whoa. So then, yeah. kind of from there, it's there in front of you, but you don't <laughs> notice it until someone says it and they're like, oh, wow, now I can see it, right? Because it's all yeah. there. It's just something in a part of your brain, that really used to breaking down. You're so used to following the ball, but that's a part of the development with basketball as well. So I think that was one major thing that kind of broke broke the barrier. And then I never really understood what he meant when he said that. So even now when I watch, uh, NBA basketball, watch it as if I'm like watching film. You try to learn and pick a little thing naturally now because you see the game differently. So,
0: yeah. So, would you say like just try to pinpoint like something that you're trying to look for, maybe?
1: Yeah. So, what I like to do is like I look to like to look at little little details because those are things that I kind of make make the biggest difference. So, like separation on that back, how far is he getting? Or, okay, no. Let's say if you're watching, like I like to watch a little bit of defensive stuff too. So you learn how to attack defenses. So you let's say you see someone attacking, you watch how the help comes from what side yeah. and then you can see what passes is open. You know what I'm saying? And you're watching it from like the NBA game. So you see them most of the time make the right reads. And if you really break it down like that, you can see a lot. Maybe there's certain things away from the ball that you could pick up, certain passes that you might not know are there, that are there. Yeah um certain cuts certain screens certain uh a lot of different things a shot you could have taken that you didn't take yeah. maybe a shot you shouldn't have taken that you did take someone was open you know those type of things
0: yeah like in uh in the summer summer going into grade 10 i started training with marcus like that went to your school yeah. and yeah. uh we were doing a lot of like watching steve nash do pick and roll yeah. and i wasn't really understanding it either but I feel like me watching it with him, he was able to, like, break it down. And, you know, when you, like, do a pick and roll and you have the corner option open? Yeah. The wing? I wasn't really seeing that. But watching film, like, now whenever I'm on the court, that's, like, instinctive. You know what I mean? It's, like, it just happens. Exactly.
1: It's yeah. like, once you once you open it up, it's like, oh, wow, that was there the whole time. You're yeah. kind of like, how did I not see it before, you know? It's like, you you kind of took that step and now you're that step back you kind of progress and move forward now now you know that pass is there now what's the next pass here where you know so yeah it's progression but it is, it's crazy how you can see a game and honestly marcus is actually good with that stuff sometimes i even yeah. ask marcus to like send me some clips of some moves he thinks would fit in with my game and he gives me some good advice that's someone i talk to a lot as well
0: yeah he's great like he's such a smart smart guy
1: yeah definitely high iq guy
0: yeah so um so you're at laurier those are two things that um helped you worked on now i don't want to be the one to like break the news to you but you're kind of like a smaller guy you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure oh uh, yeah so it's not, <laughs> no, we're not breaking it huh i've been knowing <laughs>
0: um so um what are some tips i guess you can give to guys that are like six foot under um yeah. to like try to improve their game uh maybe not just skills wise but leadership or other qualities that you might need as a smarter guy?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think skills wise I think the most important thing is being able to shoot the ball. Like me personally, that opens up the game so much. You're so much more of a threat, like a pump fake. Yeah. It makes the game so much more dangerous for you. Yeah. So I think that's the first thing, having a solid shot and then as a point guard, you know, you're coming off screen and rolls. If you if you can't be able to hit that shot off a screen and roll, the defense is just gonna sink and you know it's gonna be like what they kind of do. Rondo's become really good at it. he's too smart, but it's what they used to do to guys like Rondo, you know, sink in yeah. the paint, but he yeah. ended up figuring it out. But that's kind of things they do. So
0: So that's for um, skills. Um what about well, like yeah. other aspects?
1: Um in terms of um other aspects, I think like I think being vocal, you know, um, as a as a smaller guy, you gotta be more vocal. and think that's important. Um, defensively, I think that's probably the main thing. You gotta, as being a smaller guy, you know, you're getting matchups for most, of, like most of the time, I'm the smallest guy in the court, right? So yeah, you gotta be able to know the defense and put yourself in good positions to be able to stay on the court. And you gotta understand yourself and your body and what you're capable of and doing. Like you know, I'm not six foot six and i'm not gonna put myself in a position where i'm forced to do something that i'm not really capable of doing so i think really understanding yourself um what you can do and really being really good at it and then from the top of there just being one of the smarter guys on the court you know just knowing the game watching film having that high iq because yeah i said um sometimes you're not going to see the pass for example, you go off the screen, like you said, we're coming off the screen roll. And there's a corner pass there, right? Yeah. Sometimes the different steps up, and you might not be able to see it, but you just gotta know it's there and trust it. So you gotta just last sometimes. So just kind of knowing and understanding yourself and really understanding the court.
0: Yeah, I think understanding the court and uh, really just understanding the your plays too. You know what I mean, or like your guys exactly. that you're playing with, because like, something that I learned was, if I know, like, if I'm doing a screen and roll, and I know that this guy's going to be training right behind me, I'm comfortable Mm. making that, like, no-look pass or behind the back, you know, because I know where he's going to be. Exactly. I think that also might be something to to consider. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so, other than that, like, you were talking about being loud, and uh, I guess also being confident, too, because I feel like, usually, once you're more confident, you're more comfortable on the court, and you know, you could start talking. Um, so how do you think, like, there's some players that are, um, I guess, shy and don't really mm-hmm. want to, like, talk a lot on the court. So mm-hmm. what's some advice that you might give to that player to, like, uh, open up?
1: Um, honestly, I can relate to that because growing up, I wasn't, the like, best player. You know, I, I remember I used yeah. to travel a lot. I used to not be able to do too much, and I was small. So I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, can you ask that, ask a question one more time? Sorry, I just yeah. had like a uh, distraction.
0: Um, now I forgot the question too. Uh, I was saying. Oh, confidence, confidence. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So developing confidence. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So developing confidence. Yeah. Um, I think it just starts with like reminding yourself and just being in the gym. Um. Oh no, and talking and stuff. So you're talking about communication and how to talk if you're, if you're shy. So. Yeah. Confidence. Just telling yourself to do it you know what i mean like sometimes you're there and if you're a shy person you always you know that you have that feeling where you want to say something but yeah you don't really know how to it's kind of yeah. just about taking that step and just saying it you know and then the first time you say it it becomes easier every time and then it becomes more natural right so it's like yeah once you start talking like it becomes like second nature just like anything else in basketball when you when you open up A little bit and you develop that part it's like you grow and then you get a new leaf and a new branch and a new you're just always expanding so it's the same thing with that once you tell yourself to do it once and you know just try to remind yourself every time talk 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 and eventually it'll just become second nature and i think that's the biggest thing just self-reminders
0: yeah yeah self-reminders definitely helped me like not just for talking but also other stuff that like if i know that i have a practice um like tomorrow and I want to work on my in and out move or whatever. Like I just got to remind myself to, you know, just like do the in and out, do it in and out. And then when I do it, it's going to be more, you know, more exactly. natural. So I think exactly. that's really good. That's a good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you're going to talk about uh, being confident. And uh, something that I like to talk about a lot is uh the mental part of basketball. Yeah. Because like, I feel like a lot of people are talking about how do you get better skills wise, like how to get a better mm-hmm. shot and stuff. but um something that uh something that I lacked a lot last not last year but two years ago was confidence, and uh my confidence has gone way up, and you were saying that you were uh shy too, so yeah. how did how did you um build your confidence to the level you had now
1: um I think a lot of it was like I said that little self reminder always yeah. keeping yourself, reminding yourself like maybe if you're shy you know when you're shy, you always know you're capable, but you're not quite there yet, you're still figuring it out so that's yeah. kind of how I felt I felt like I always could do the things, but I wasn't quite there yet. But I think yeah. the key to that is just continuing to work hard, right? Like continuing mm-hmm. to put your shots up, continuing to grow because now you're becoming you're coming more not natural with those things, like shooting and dribbling and now you go in a game and now you have an open shot. You hit that shot. You know, now you got that yeah. shot, next shot, you're you're feeling good. You might hit another shot, you know, and then once you hit a one, two shots a game, a couple shots here and there. No, that, that's how it goes, right? Just one thing leads to another. Yeah. So little things, right there, could help uh, build some build some confidence.
0: Yeah, um, that's something that I was doing this summer a lot, like just getting reps up, because like you were saying, like the more sh- like shots that you get up, the more makes you have like under your belt, the more confident you're going to be able to like shoot with them. Exactly. Um, but I also did something like visualization. Like, just oh. uh, visualizing myself, get the ball and shoot and make it. Um, yeah. So, trying to, like, get that feeling, you know, like, when you make one or two or three shots. And then yeah. once when I was feeling that, once I got on the court, like, I've been feeling that so much that I already feel it without even shooting the
1: ball. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think <clears throat> visualization is a big thing. And, and as you get older, they talk about sports psychology and stuff. And visualization is a big part of um actually, like, just be an athlete, so that's actually a great point that you brought up. Um, that's something I do a lot honestly, like if I'm not playing, I'm thinking about it, you know I'm thinking yeah. about little things, and I think just doing that and being able to do that it, it builds a lot too right it builds a lot of that confidence it, you kind of think like about like let's say you're uh, visualizing hitting a game winning shot, yeah you know so in that moment you're 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 kind of more prepared than you think you are right, and both yeah. well, that's how good things happen because you're kind of preparing yourself mentally to be in certain situations and it kind of gives you that extra, extra, extra step of preparation.
0: Yeah. I agree with you like completely. So that's something that like really transformed my game. Cause I wasn't really like doing that much difference uh, like than shooting. Like I was doing the same shooting workouts and stuff throughout the yeah. summer, but um what changed was my, men- like my mental state.
1: Yeah.
0: So other and- than uh visualization, like what other, what other like tricks were you doing? Like maybe meditation or, what other stuff do you do to like get your mind ready?
1: Um that's a that's a good point. So I think another thing is just I do I do meditate before games, like we're doing, you know, the national anthem. Yeah. That's something I walk in. So while we're doing the national anthem, like I'll close my eyes, I'll do deep breaths, and those breaths, like everything else before that, it doesn't matter. I'm kind of just breathing, uh thinking about the game, thinking about scrolls, thinking about how to keep myself locked in taking those breaths and like you said visualizing and then you know once that the anthem's over i kind of just open my eyes and i'm ready to go you know you just lock in a little bit so that's my little routine i'll visualize before the game uh breathe out and then i'll you know i'm ready to go
0: yeah so when did this uh when did you start doing this stuff like before games
1: um honestly it happened during uh, my time at laurier um you know i was having some bad games and struggling with some things. So I was someone who was actually fortunate enough to, to be able to teach me some, some creative ways to refocus myself and my energy and help relax myself. Because sometimes in games I used to get so anxious and so like yeah. excited over anxious and you know, you'd be not really thinking and slowing down as much as you should. So sometimes being able to breathe and slow my pace and just know that I'm in control, you know, just yeah. keeps you really focused and relax when you enter that game because the game is fast but you're always supposed to be slow you know you ever hear that saying yeah the game's supposed to be fast. You're supposed to think and play it slow right so
0: yeah that's something that um i was talking about with zach zach Marsley. yeah um I don't like a few days ago yeah he's the guy that got us connected of course you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> but um but he was talking about not being too high or too low just trying to stay middle um yeah, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Like not getting too excited or maybe too down yourself. Like, cause I felt it. Like everybody's felt it. Like if you're shooting and you miss like one, two, three in a row, yeah. you're like, "Fuck, man, what am I doing wrong?" But mm-hmm. um, I think just trying to stay stay in that like middle middle um mindset where you don't get too down yourself and you just like thinking about the next play.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like I said, trust it trusting that work you put in. Right, you if you know you can. If you're putting up shots at the gym and you're hitting them and and you're making and you're missing or you're missing them you know what to correct but if you're making them you know you know you can hit the shots right so yeah it's just continue to take them and honestly I, i've had stretches where i'm missing shots i'm airballing open shots and yeah. you kind of get in your head a little bit but with that like i said you just breathe kind of refocus yourself go back and jump shoot and then also try to have fun with the game you know whenever you're too hard on yourself. I guess you kind of stop having fun, and that's something you that kind of remind yourself. You know, basketball is fun at the end of the day. You know, I play this. I love this. I play this because it's fun, and then you find something else inside of you to trigger that feeling, and then everything will kind of come back, in full in in, in full circle. So,
0: yeah, I mean that reminds me like when I was younger. Uh, you know, Justin Mitchell.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, Justin yeah. Mitchell. I was just talking to today.
0: Yeah, like. Every day, you know, I'd just be crying, and then he'd just be yelling at me, like, "Basketball is fun. Basketball is fun. Just throwing basketball. No, just (laughs) like, I'm just kidding. But yeah, Um, yeah. So, something that I also like to talk about um, is like maybe some down, not a downfall, but like some challenges that you faced across your your basketball story. Because I know for me, um, there were sometimes like in grade nine, I got cut from the basketball team. At mm-hmm. High school, and I was really like really sad because I thought I was like gonna make it, and like my whole plan was like to play grade nine, ten, and then like you know go to college, but um, but ever since like after I got cut, like a few days after, my mom told me to go talk to Justin actually, and yeah. we started uh That's when we started really working out together. Like um, he started training me,
1: yeah, and
0: um, that was something that like like a challenge that turned out to be a better outcome than if I. Did actually make the team, but I would have yeah. been the same player. Yeah. So, could you think about any moment in your uh, story that that was kind of similar to that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I think uh, we all have those moments, like you said. So, I think there's a few. You know, I'm I'm only got like, some some experience under my belt. Yeah. So, I think growing up, I think one of them was um, not playing as much on my rep teams. You know, yeah. not playing a lot, and when you go in, you make a mistake and. You kinda get subbed back out. Yeah. So those kind of things were hurdles for me because it was a few years where it was frustrating and stuff. But like I said, just continuing to visualize, thinking about what you want to do, what positions you want to be in, and continuing to work and learn. I think uh like you know, just being an open sponge, that that helps a lot. Yeah. Um I also repeat the question again. I just had a brain fart again.
0: (laughs) No, it's all good. Um, I was just saying, like, what are some challenges that you went through that helped you become oh, yeah, a better challenges.
1: player? Um, so I said the uh, not too much. I think what happened in me in grade nine, I had a similar thing where I was in grade nine, and it was the first year. I think Canada Elite used to be cultural balance when it first started, so I was oh, playing balance, yeah, yeah. So that's what it used to be called, and I think it's still called that, in, like some of the teams and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, yeah.
1: Think, I remember we um we were practicing. And I was, they only had one AU team, and I think it was the grade 10 team. And at that time, I was in grade nine. And I remember I worked really hard and I thought I was going to make it, and then I ended up not making it. And I think that's something that um, bothered me because I always felt I was better than people, yeah. or I was on that same level of play. But there was something that was always holding me back, whether it was physically, maybe not just quite being there yet, you know. But like I said, just visualizing and continuing to believe. So that was another one. Um, I think also just not having a team in grade eleven, you know, like that's the middle of your uni- your high school career. Coming from grade ten, you're excited to play senior basketball. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that you don't have that season, and you know it's tough because when you're in high school, the only thing you want to do is play basketball, and high school basketball is the biggest thing when you're in high school, right? So, yeah. Just like at any level, reps the biggest thing. Like it's just how it is when you're playing; you're so in the moment, and you want to experience those things. So that was one and then right after that when i transferred to newmarket what i forgot to mention was there was a strike that year Yeah. so we didn't have a season we had the first few tournaments and games stuff and then we didn't have a season and i think that Damn. that was a big challenge for me as well because you go not playing from grade 10 all the way until basically your fifth year you know, you stayed back and played that year because grade eleven wasn't there, and then grade twelve got shut down. So that was the challenge. But like I said, I was around as a new market, about a bunch yeah. of other good guys that love basketball, and we just stayed in the gym, and we we were excited about coming back and um running that back. So that was definitely some challenges along the way that I faced, but it makes you more resilient in situations you face in the future. You know? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so I think you and I are kind of in a similar situation, like not playing grade 11 basketball because, yeah. you know, my season is canceled because of COVID. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: But do you have any um, advice for players that's like maybe in grade 11, grade 12 that are trying to make it, that are trying to play, go play college ball, but um, they don't have a season or like a team to go showcase their uh, their talents?
1: Um, I think the best advice I can give is like staying ready and just, you know, keeping that 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 whatever your focus is, your focus. You know what I'm saying like, yeah, it's hard to be patient when you're in the moment. Like right now, every month feels like a year. Everything like you know, if you're wrong but eventually that time's gonna come when there's gonna be an opportunity somewhere, or there's gonna be a time for you to be ready. And the best thing you gotta do is just be as ready as possible for those moments, right? Because even with COVID, you know, eventually, you know, things are gonna head back to normal you know, we're going to, so it's just about keeping prepared, keeping positive and staying focused on, you know, what you want and how you want to get there. And it, 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 as hard as it is and how as how easy it is to say it, because I know it's challenging, you know, I've experienced my own things in regards to those things, but really just locking in and, you know, understanding what you want and if you want and you're focused on it, you know, things, things will come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, um, I think a lot of players, like, there's a lot of players here in Aurora, especially, that are, like, um, working hard and staying ready. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think I'm right there with you with thinking that um, good things will come. So yeah. I just want to backtrack a little bit on uh, on what you said before when you weren't playing, like, you weren't getting playing time and stuff for teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in a similar situation as you when I was in grade nine. Um, I, for my rep team, I wasn't playing at all. But um, you know, I was doing the same thing, like trying to ask the coach questions, like, like you know, what can I do to play more, or what can I do to improve my game? First of all, yeah. You know? So, uh, what are some tips that you can give? I guess for kids that aren't um, really like getting a lot of playing time as they want or as they deserve.
1: Um, I think you know that's the biggest thing. I think maybe you know to asking questions, asking, yeah, maybe where you could fit in, how you could be better, like, you know, it's a way of asking and and try to learn about yourself and how maybe in other ways you could help, you know? If, yeah. Because everyone wants to be a star player. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the role right now. Maybe the role is to play defense. And, you know, like I said, everyone's time will come. If you're ready and you have the shot, you get the shot, you're going to get more shots, you know? It's just about always kind of locking and focusing on, like I said, yourself and – what you want out of things and believing in yourself, right? Cause yeah, in those yeah. moments when you're not getting those missing stuff, you obviously lose a little bit of confidence, but staying ready, uh, keeping that mental focus on what you want and st- like staying in the moment, but understanding that there's future moments, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, I guess it's kind of the same thing as COVID, you know, like trying to stay ready and uh, keep that relationship. Exactly. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on uh, another thing. Uh, so you know, you being a shorter player and uh, a point guard yourself, um, I feel like with that point guard title also comes the responsibility to be a leader. Yeah. Um, so what are some? What made you? Uh, like what turned you into a a leader? I guess like what turned you into a good leader? Would you Would you say?
1: Um, I think you know the best thing to do is is to learn from others one, you know, from the, 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 people that been there. So the people that were ahead of you, the seniors, the other guys, the coaching staff, and I think the two most important things is, uh, holding yourself accountable Yeah, and, um, you know, cause that's a big thing, right. As a, as a, as a leader and to grow those skills, you gotta know your flaws and understand yourself and understand that. And then I think the second thing is understanding the people around you, right, how you can communicate with them. How you can push them, how you can talk to them, because not everyone's going to be the same personality, right? Yeah. So just understanding personnel, especially yourself, and just like I said, just believing yourself and being yeah. confident, and just going in what you do and the best way you can do it.
0: Yeah, that's crazy because uh, Zach said the exact same thing that you said, like the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So I guess um, I guess that's true then that's you that's what you gotta be to be a leader um yeah yeah like i feel like that's something that i worked on uh grade in grade 10 um because mm-hmm. i don't really have a season this year but um when i was in grade 10 like i wasn't really uh i wasn't really the, the top scorer or anything on my team but yeah. um but what i was was i was a uh i was like the leader of the team uh in the sense that i was like i was trying to give bring up everyone's spirits like yeah. you know trying to bring the energy and uh like try to help help everybody that's around me cuz yeah. i know that we're all trying to win so yeah. you know if i we could all do that together then i mean exactly. i think that's the best yeah. but um yeah like you uh, said no are you going to say
1: i was going to say i could probably add one more thing onto that as you were talking i think um being more prepared than everyone else is a big part of being a leader so knowing like a big thing in all like knowing the other team's stats, the other team's plays, understanding your plays, knowing the offense, knowing what to run. I think um those are also big, big qualities, just being prepared and knowing those things because you're gonna be in a situation where people are gonna be looking to you for uh answers, right? Sometimes they're not gonna hear the coach in the huddle and they're not gonna say, anything. and that's really what happens. They're gonna go in the game and they to be, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, be like, "Yo, Coco, what are we doing? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing right now and then okay, okay, okay. So you always gotta be locked in and prepared a little bit just a little bit more than everyone else right yeah especially on the point guard
0: yeah exactly like um because i think being a point guard also means like putting everyone on the same page you know what i mean exactly so if you know like you said if you if you know your play really well um if somebody else doesn't know like you can go help them out um because you know you don't want to be like in the middle nobody wants to be that guy in the middle of a huddle and then like Coaches explain, like, oh, we're gonna run like yeah. horns or something. They're like, how do you run horns in the middle of so a yeah. cell? We all had it, yeah. those
1: moments, man. We yeah. all had those moments, so yeah, it's definitely best to have that person that can you know yeah. pick you up in those moments because we all been there,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, um, that reminds me of LeBron James, you know, LeBron James, he's a basketball player, NBA,
1: yeah, that's that's oh, my guy, 10. man. That's yeah. my guy right there,
0: yeah. I see him in the back.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um.
0: So, like, a crazy story about him. I know Iman Schumper was talking about it, like in an interview. He was saying how, uh, like LeBron, LeBron would know every single team, like play for all the other, uh, all the teams, like that, he, um, that they went up against, and like if there was a coach, like he, if LeBron, when he was in high school, he went to a camp where there was this coach, and now he's the assistant coach of like the Pistons. Yeah. Then he would have known that. So um and I think LeBron's like one of the best leaders in the NBA. So yeah. there you go. Like be prepared. Um, like understand all the other team stuff. And those are two really important things.
1: Exactly. Cause as much as you want to say about someone, if they're prepared and they know what's going on, you know, it's 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 easy to to look up to that person, right? Like just naturally, just you know they're prepared. It's just like in school, you know, you know that person that has all their notes prepared all the class notes from the semester and you're going into take exams, you're not going to ask the person that, you know, is just joking around. You're going to ask the person that's prepared, has their notes it for their notes, you know? Yeah. Similar to the concept.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I just want to, like, wrap this up. Or not really wrap this up. I don't know. I might think of other things. But um, so what are you trying to do? Uh, Like, where are you at now? Are you still going to be playing for
1: Bryson this year? Or, like, what's happening? That's a good question. So with COVID and everything, honestly, it it, it it it's obviously another year you're out. So this is obviously we're kind of in the same position right now, missing the season and yeah. having the classes on like just different levels right now. So honestly, I'm just staying patient. You know, just like I said, staying ready. Um, you know, I obviously know you um you probably obviously get uh understand it now, but there's gonna be a time when things are back to normal and you know like just being ready for when it's back to normal. And
0: yeah, in terms of
1: playing, I'm not sure what's going to happen because, you know, you still got to wait on what's, what how everything pans out. But like I said, I'm just staying ready and playing as much basketball as I can, you know. I have the little net outside my front house, so I go out there and put up some little form shooting here and there. Yeah. So just little things and just being mentally ready, um, watching film, doing a lot of that stuff and just – trying to just keep my mind wrapped around basketball.
0: Yeah. Um, so you are talking about how you guys aren't having a season. Um, I know some guys that are playing, like, college ball now, and they said, like, that there was people that were, like, going to drop out, you know, drop out of, like, school because of that. Yeah. So what were you – like, what do you think about that?
1: Um. Honestly, that's not something I would necessarily agree with, you know, because um, yeah. school, especially – Everyone unfortunately everyone thinks we're gonna be in the NBA. You know, when I I thought I was gonna be in the NBA right now. I thought I'd be in the NBA right now when I was a kid, I thought, oh, i will be in the NBA like nineteen twenty get drafted first overall draft pick, but yeah. That's not always how things pan out, right? And everyone's life has a different route and just being prepared for everything, right? So I think you know, unless you're dropping out and you have an exact plan for what you're gonna do and what you're gonna do not outside of basketball yeah i think that's the key outside of basketball then you know you make that decision if you if you feel like it is necessary but i think staying in school and understanding that even basketball ends eventually you know you're not going to be playing basketball 37 38 39 40 you know what are you going to do from then dropping out of school is not necessarily going to help you in in those regards so but like I said, everyone's situation is different, and as long as you have a plan, and you know, I guess you have your own idea. But I, I I'd stick with staying in school. I'm, mean, I'm still in school right now, so
0: yeah. So, um, you were talking about like life after basketball and stuff. Are you, um, are you? Do you want to like play pro Bowl after you finish up uh, your time at Ryerson?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's something I definitely um. We'd like to dive into, you know, um, hopefully everything goes well. I get connected, you know. I, I, I don't really understand how the whole process works of that yet, but I know that I'm – I know the right people and starting to connect with those things. So Pro is definitely something, you know, I, I'm aiming to do. And I'm hoping that obviously just being able to play the game as long as possible is something, so something I'm – yeah
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be crazy to – See somebody like another person from Aurora new market that's playing professional basketball, like, like you know Kevin Pangos. He's playing yeah. uh, pro ball, and he's like one of the best, like probably the best. No disrespect to you. I think if I would rank, I, I would say you're like the second best player to come <laughs> on the region, second to yeah. Kevin Pangos. But yeah, um, yeah, but him. uh, If you would go play there, then that's like I think that's a huge like inspiration, you know, for kids that's coming in this region.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you bring up Kevin Pangos. That's a name, man, I think, in high school. When I was in high school, man, we all knew Kevin Pangos' his name yeah. and, uh, and those guys. Andrew Wiggins is my age, but the Kevin Pangos, a lot of the guys that we looked up to that were a couple years older than us. Yeah. And we wanted to either be in their position and be better than. So, yeah, like you said, like, that's someone I kind of look up to in, in regards to how he's matured his game and how he's – process and how hard he works and the position he's in now right coming from around like like new market as you guys said so i think if i was able to do that i know that me just doing it would be able to trickle down and inspire other people's and there will definitely be the pro hoopers from aurora new market in the next few years and coming years after that
0: yeah i agree with you like i think there's a lot of young talent here that's um that wants to work and uh you know, Justin just started elevation like a few years ago. Um, yeah. like training. And uh I think like the more there's really good trainers here, like Braden too, Braden gone. Yeah. Uh, and other like people like him. Um so yeah, I agree with you. I think there's gonna be like a few really good basketball players that come out of here.
1: Yeah. And like like you said, you know those guys, they know the game they played and um they played with Campangos. They they all played basketball, university, college, um, some at the pro, so they'll have a good level of experience. And just being in that community and, and them being able to teach others what they know is just going to help progress the game a lot faster, you know, because now we're teaching you guys and they're teaching you guys the things that they learned. And now you're learning it and you're getting that yeah. firsthand on certain things, you know, and it's 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 able to help direct you guys a little bit and maybe what what to do and what not to do, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like the whole point that i was trying to make with this well actually like this podcast that i'm trying to do like honestly i i just want to like have conversation with different people like right now i'm doing basketball because you know i'm a basketball player but
1: yeah
0: eventually i want to like move out and talk to like people that all sorts of like different jobs like different fields and stuff but yeah but for now like um the players that um, i'm gonna have on now and i already did have on including you i think that's like uh a great way for players to get information, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I I think what you're doing is great, man. I think that's why, like, I I had no problem doing this because I think, you know, just being able to hear things from a bunch of different guys that you guys might either, one, look up to or might be in their position or want to be in a better position, just being able to bounce that knowledge and have people talk about their experiences and just being able to learn from that because we all learn from people's experiences and someone's map and being navigated in some way. So yeah. Definitely
0: that. Yeah. Um, but you know, like every single era has to be like, it's a bit different. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. For now, I feel like uh, with um, the amount of prep schools that started like popping up around Canada, cause you know, like even if you look back a few, like 15 years ago, maybe there wasn't really yeah. that much other than like Orangeville, and maybe Bill Crothers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you – do you feel like it's going to be a bit more challenging for players that want to stay, like, in high schools here in Aurora and New Market um, with all those other prep schools up now?
1: Honestly, that's a really good point because when I was in high school, there was, like, maybe just the Bill Crothers prep. Thorne Lee was still playing high school at that time. Vaughn was still playing high school. Um but yeah, that's a really good point. Like the game is changing but at the same time that those with that evolution, it also brings up a lot of opportunities to you guys as well, right? Yeah. Um out there that are that might be a little bit different, but there's still a way to conquer those same hurdles, right? It's just you gotta like I said, um be confident, visualize and just keep working at it. Uh learn from other people's experiences, connect with, you know, people that might know people. I think connecting and just knowing people and you know, those kind of things make a big difference as well. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like connections are really important. Um, especially for players here, like most of the players that you see play on top AU teams, they've been like either they've been with their with that team for like since they were younger, and then mm-hmm. uh they know the culture, they got a connection and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I'm fortunate enough to like even starting this podcast, like I got to talk to you and I have like other people that I'm gonna be uh, you yeah. talking to and connecting with um but how would you could you give any like advice to kids here that are trying to like connect with other coaches
1: yeah i think um the thing is just play as much basketball as you can you know put put yourself in the gym and just continue to do the right things like these days i don't really know how how much more difficult it is coming from new market but i know that the basketball is different so i think like i said yeah. just being ready and you never know, like my opportunity came from a coach inviting me to a Ryerson workout, right? And I was just ready. I was just know. I know my game. I was ready, you know, and then I just end up having a good workout. So you never know, you know, you guys are going through your high school stuff. Someone might say, hey, come, come to a workout. There's a workout here. You might get invited, you know? You just, yeah. you're just ready. You know, you're ready for that moment. You have a good workout. And next thing you know, you might have a little bit of an offer on your hand, right? So just being ready and just embracing that, um, that, that moment when it, when it comes.
0: Yeah. And I think also like trying to put yourself out for like trying to put yourself out there for as many opportunities as you can, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Cause I like, agree with that. I, I was going to say, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think you can go wrong with putting yourself out there like, in any, in any aspect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, something that I felt here playing basketball, like I started training with elevation and stuff, but, you know, after that I moved down to, um, and like IEM. but after that I moved Mm -hmm. down to Northern Kings and, you know, I started at the bottom, but now I'm starting to like, uh, make my way up there and get connected. And then this, like, um, this COVID like summer, I started working out with, uh, RWI and stuff. So I feel like a lot of players want to be loyal to their, to one club and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good. Like loyalty is a really good quality to have, but, um, what do you think would be more important to, like, try to move – to try to, like, put yourself out there with as many people as you can or, like, try to stick to your um,
1: team? I think, you know, it's a balance of both, right? Yeah. I you know, going out there, like you said, being able to experience and see what's more out there, the, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with, like, exploring and maybe just seeing – learning from someone else and doing those things. But at the same time, you know, being – loyal is also a really good trait to have and a lot of other things so like uh, this is a balance i guess and just being able to like i said just learn as much as you can and i think putting out yourself out there in different opportunities and meeting different people definitely helps you a lot because that's something i was lucky enough i was able to transfer go to different schools and meet a lot of people so
0: yeah um so i just want to go back to that like when you said you transferred um so how do you feel like playing for those two different teams? Like, So, okay, first of all, what made you want to come back to Ryerson from uh, from Laurier?
1: Oh, at the time, um, I wasn't playing. So what drew me back was being in the city, right? So it was like school stuff. Like I said, that I always say it's important to focus on your school stuff. So I ended up not being too successful in my studies at Laurier. So then I thought maybe the best option would be to kind of be more at home and and uh, be around myself, which would kind of keep me more focused, you know, because, like I said, being away, a way, lot more responsibilities, those kind of things. And um, so, yeah, being home and playing at Ryerson, obviously they're a really good team. I, kn- I knew some guys on the uh, team and I was friends playing tournaments and stuff. So they knew I wasn't playing. And, you know, it was just uh, – I ended up being a really good fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you guys have some really good players. Um Like that tall that tall guy. Um, like how tall is he? Yeah, how tall is he? Like seven something? Uh,
1: I probably like I think he's like seven two. Wow. That's that's one seven two. Yeah, he's he's tall, man. He 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 always gets asked how tall he is. So that's why I smiled when when you asked.
0: So how was it playing with like somebody that's big?
1: Honestly, it was really a blessing. Like for me, it was a blessing. Like you can do so many different things just by having a guy like that, like just being able to throw a lob, you know, just without having to overthink it, like, just throwing it up there and just knowing that he's two and he's, like, special and gifted and he's able to catch those things and throw it down and and just him being able to draw so much attention you know, allows you to open up your game so much. So, like I said, it was just good to be moving on to the next level where you're playing against and playing with big guys. you got to know how to pass them the ball and even know how to throw lobs because lobs seem like they're easy to throw Yeah, until you start throwing them, right, because you're not used to it. But I kind of got used to it. I was throwing him some lobs in the season and stuff, so it was cool.
0: Yeah, that's something that I started feeling like when I started playing for Northern Kings because they have, like – I feel like the closer you move to the city, the more taller and bigger the players is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, like just learning how to play with tall players, I feel like that's something important, especially someone – for athletes out here in, uh, in Aurora and Newmarket.
1: Yeah. Cause exactly. Like you said, you're not really playing. you're playing against guys. Like when I was in high school, our big man was probably like six foot two, you know, six foot three. Yeah. So, you know, being able to play with bigger players and guys that have different gifts is definitely a, a good experience for me and it was definitely a blessing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I just want to ask you one more thing and then we could wrap it up. Um, What's what's like some of the biggest things that you took away from your college like experience from your first your first semester at Ryerson to where you're at right now?
1: Honestly, I think the biggest thing, like the most biggest thing, was just um, appreciating every day and every moment because like nothing's really guaranteed, right? Yeah. Even with lot like last year, just you know, sometimes you go into practice and you don't take that practice for granted, or sometimes going for a game and you don't take that game for granted, or sometimes you know you're just in a bad mood so i think the biggest thing i take away is just appreciating every moment um being the best version of yourself as you can and just you know just pre- once you do those two things like honestly like a lot of things just naturally just come your way just by opening your mind a little bit
0: yeah yeah i agree with you like that's something that um i know i said i was gonna wrap it up but that's something yeah, that i felt that's um that's something that i felt when i was like uh especially last year, I was mm-hmm. I was super um like an- not anxious, but I was taking the game way too seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I wasn't having fun with it. So once I started being more like relaxed and appreciative of, you know, like I'm here on this team, you know, let's try to be exactly. appreciate where I'm at now. Exactly. I felt like my game started like my game started getting better. Uh even yeah. though I was taking it less serious.
1: Exactly. Because you know once you Sometimes it's good to, like, you know, like I said, balance is a big thing. And I think it's good that you kind of caught that in and recognize that. And now you can build from that and know when you hit that hurdle again, because those hurdles might pop up again. And now you can know what to do in order to fix that feeling again, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it's okay to, like, make mistakes, make as much mistakes as you can, because, like you said, you know, when you experience them later – you're already in the situation. So you can like bounce back from it easier.
1: Exactly. Make, make as many mistakes you can, while you can. I think that's another saying. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. Um, so I think this was a great episode. Like we went over a lot of really informative um, topics and yeah. I feel like I really did learn a lot. Yeah. So um, I just want to thank everyone that listened and um, you know, feel free to, Like if you made this far, feel free to like e-transfer me any amount of money that you would like (laughs) and thank you. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it.